on last week's Irrevelations. So the people of Israel, and not just the people, also including the priests and the Levites, have not been keeping themselves separate, if you will. But Ezra goes, oh no. And when he heard this thing, he tore his garment, his robe, and plucked out some of the hair on his head and beard, and sat down astonished. He can't believe it. I am too ashamed and disgraced, my God, to lift up my face to you just because your buddy's got some You got some women that are the problem. I got a solution. You fired. There was a lot of kids getting thrown out too by their ears. Yeah. Well, I mean, you want to separate them from their families. That's just, that's just good business. Naturally. That's just smart. Before we turn to the word, I would like to I can't be a big blessing to people if I'm poor and broke and depressed. I don't feel good about myself. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness. I believe in a literal burning Bible hell just as strongly as I believe in a beautiful heaven. No, no, no. Not God bless America. The Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics. Pray this simple prayer, Lord, speak to me. Pro-Trump Network Newsmax just aired a two-minute video admitting that it has no evidence of outlandish fraud claims against two voting machines. Oops. I guess, I don't know, which whatever the fuck, you know, it's not even barely news. Uh... Well, you know, it isn't. You're right, because obviously there's not going to be any evidence. Yeah. Um, I do wish there was, because, again, just for the pure entertainment content, it would be amazing if it turned out there actually was a vast conspiracy it, to steal let, the election. Let, let, let's devil's advocate a little bit, because, I mean, if you go on Twitter, obviously Trump's speaking full, full stupid, peak stupid. Yeah. And people are like, you know, and, and you can tell them it doesn't seem to matter that every single one of their lawsuits has just fallen flat on its face. Uh, I thought there was just okay. one. There was just yeah. one, and all it was, <laughs> all it was, was that the electorate had extended the period to which it was accepting mailing ballots. Yeah, and the court ruled that they didn't have the authority to make that change. That's it. It's not an instance of fraud. It's an instance of, like, administrative review. Okay. So it's not like, you know, it's not it's not fraud. It's that they were like, oh, yeah, here. And it was like, honestly, I think it was like 80 ballots. Like, it was uh, some it was nonsense just, number. It was I like thought one the one county. that they won, it actually swung votes back in. Or no, that was the recount that they had. Swung actually like another 150 votes yeah. to Biden or something. Yeah, yeah. All, all the recounts have been in Biden's favor. There's been no evidence of fraud. It, it's stupid, and, and it, it's like, um, I don't know. It. What could it mean? Are, are we? I guess there's the accusations of the lady. Uh, you know, there's the the video of the Georgia lady who pulled up suitcases full of ballots and just like ever all the Republicans get out of the room, and that was disproven. Um, and, and to me, it's kind of like. Um, uh, as everyone knows who listens to the podcast, I love conspiracy theories. I love that fucking bullshit. Um, yeah. One of my favorite is people that accuse the moon landing of being faked. Yeah. And it's kind of one of the interesting things because um, 
they'll point to these little photos, these little snapshots, these little videos, you know, and be like, oh, listen to the audio in this one clip. Just the tiniest little – These tiny like, little things yeah. that out of context, ooh, maybe. But people don't seem to realize, and that's kind of what come, why I bring it up in the Georgia case, is that people don't seem to realize it was a live feed. There is a live yeah. feed. They videotaped the whole thing, you know. So, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, look at this one 90-second clip. What does that show you? Okay, but look at the nine hours that preceded it where you see the box show up and then you see people in the room and then they're looking at it and then they go away and they come back. Yeah. So sure. there, there's your fucking answer. Like when you're talking about like, well, what about this one little clip? Like, okay, but um, – and I, and I saw a video on YouTube, which I guess is about as verified as any other – I saw a video debunking the conspiracy theories. All of I mean, this someone, information. Someone's got to do it. All yeah. this information was on YouTube. But what the guy was talking about was that um, at the time of the moon landing, the, the idea is that um, Kubrick, the conspiracies that Kubrick after 2001. Yeah, that one's true. Got contracted by the U.S. government to fake the moon landing. But they were like, but literally there isn't a storage facility on the planet at the time of the moon landing that would have stored, you know, hours and hours and hours of high def footage that that, that they that they then could have looped, you know, for, you know, a live broadcast like they did. You sure, know, just, it sure. physically was impossible for them to fake the moon landing based on kind of just that one piece of evidence. You know, that makes sense. Whether or not they could have spliced it or whatever. It's just ridiculous. Just ridiculous how much footage. I could have done it. I would have done it too, you know. But, but just, you know, like just these little hodgepodges of, of, of bullshit. But um, I, I guess the point is, is like you can't pin these people down. You can't back them into a corner. It's 100% no. like, listen, guys, anyone with a brain can just tell there was widespread fraud. Well, it's fun to see them tearing each other apart now. Like because some of them are finally like putting down their swords, so to speak. I guess. And then you see – that their comments will be full of, oh, well, you've lost hope, huh? Well, that's <laughs> Trump is Trump is not going to give you knighthood like the rest of us. That's you know yeah, or whatever I, fucking stupid shit. I, I, the I, best I, is those I, guys are crazy, but right. the best is that there's other countries, groups of people in other countries that are protesting. Stop the steal. There was a, a march in Japan. <laughs> I saw footage of a march in Japan, and they're holding American flags and J- Japanese flags, and uh-huh. they're marching and they're saying something in I guess Japanese. I would I would Maybe. guess. Who knows. Uh, I don't want to assume. Right? You won't. You wouldn't be able to tell the difference anyway. So what? So continue. <laughs> I could. It was. I, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good at doing like racist uh, yeah, impersonations yeah, yeah, of languages, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like it kind of spills over into actual knowledge. The right. point is that it, you know they're marching, they're holding their maga maga shirts, they're stop the hashtag stop the steal. It's incredible. I mean, that's wild. Uh, it, it is wild. Um, I, I also think that it would be like an instance where it's like. Um, I don't know. I, America's a big deal, right? I, yeah. I, I, I think our election at least has a much larger um, impact on the rest of the world, or at least that they're probably more aware of it. I, I I couldn't tell you anything about the Japanese election. I have no idea how that even works. It's a prime minister, right? Like, do they Abe even... something? It's Shinzo didn't Abe. He st- yeah. He stepped down, didn't he? Who knows? Who knows? More importantly... <laughs> it doesn't matter. Who the doesn't fuck matter. cares? Yeah, it's not America. <laughs> gives a shit so the, the fact that like another country is any other country is really following our election because of how bad trump is at being president uh but if i were i could understand it from the the sheer point of view of just being a troll just loving the amount of chaos and absolute sheer dumb as fuckery that is going on uh, yeah. right now for, for for i mean what population do you think what percentage of the population do you think are out there right now worried that the election has been stolen uh, 
Way like convinced of it. Yeah. I mean, more than one or two is a lot. It's kind that. of weird because yeah, you, you, if you go on Twitter, you'll just see. I mean, again, could be Russian bots. Who knows? But I like I have a neighbor who has a stop the steal sign in front of his yard, and you're just like, what the fuck is your deal, man? Like, are, are <laughs> really? you that stupid? Oh yeah, yeah. Someone went out and bought it. Someone, you know, like a like a, it has the official logo and everything. It looks very well made, high quality, that's, made in chi- uh, made in China. Stop the steal sign. Um, yeah. But you know, you just like you know, do, do the court cases matter? No. Does does any eyewitness accounts matter? It's just a couple of nut jobs saying. Well, did you see I the drunk lady? I, yeah. I, well, they call her drunk. That's you know. I don't think she was drinking. She's just crazy as shit. Which I, I, I don't know. Which is a, I don't know what's a bigger slur on her. You know. <laughs> I'm gonna go with drunk is a better thing to call women than crazy. Hey. Either one is a bad excuse to rape someone, though. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna argue with there. But um, well, by you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, continue the, i mean comatose women sure but not crazy <laughs> no that, i'm gonna put that in the no column with the yeah. other two. <laughs> but you know like her like did you see it did you see what was happening i had to sign a letter that says i can't lie what about you congressman they're like lady you don't know what the fuck you're talking they're about. like yeah we have to swear into this office like, actually. like ma'am, ma'am <laughs> this is not the fucking happy hour at chili's you can't just start screaming at people it, it, ridiculous ridiculous but i guess well, i guess it doesn't can. fucking matter <laughs> I think it was great that she did that. Yeah. I, I, I could fix her. <laughs> okay. Jesus. <laughs> All right. That's the kind of misogyny that we, we, we keep on the, the. No, I could fix a lot of people. I, yeah, right. I'm going to fix you one day. Oh. Like a oh, stray yeah. cat. <laughs> okay. Okay. So uh, that's great. There's an election going on. Do we want to talk about that anymore? Or should we just get to the Bible? Let's get to the Bible. I don't All know. Right. What? We're. The other thing was, and I here, here's the thing that bothered me. I, I just posted in our fantasy football league because that's where I like to get political. Yeah. Uh, about just like, you, uh, I only guess, you. Yeah, just just me. <laughs> I just like it. I like uh, swinging at the hornet's nest. Um, yeah. Apparently, a House committee uh, investigated and found that the Trump administration was bullying the CDC to fix numbers and lie about some of their reporting uh, for COVID. You know, instead of actually trying to fight the disease, just just. Um, oh yeah, I did see you post that. Yeah, and that's uh, funny. I guess I don't know. It it's stupid, but I think it's cool. I just been. I think it's real, real cool. I, I it's kind of one of those things <laughs> where like, oh, so you blaming Trump for the virus? You think anyone would have done better? I'm like, I think no one could have done it worse. Maybe I could. I would have done worse. I'll give him that. <laughs> Not a fan, but he's. But better I was than just me, talking probably. about uh, administrative. Malfiance. Yeah. And the deep state, which is a huge topic in today's episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's fair. State. So, with no further ado, welcome to the Revelations Podcast. I'm Grant DeVoist. And I'm Cole Deluski. And we're here to read the Bible once again so that you don't have to and shouldn't. Yeah, definitely should. Uh, and now we're in episode uh, 116. Nice. Yeah. Nice. New book today. Highly anticipated, Nehemiah. Nehemiah. I like Ne. Hyman. You can say it however you want. I'm going to give everyone the N word pass to say <laughs> Nehemiah however they want. Cool. Um, so Nehemiah is an interesting book. Uh, allegedly, and I, I don't know. I don't know. Why, I don't know why I keep saying because I could look it up. I don't want to. I don't care. But uh, allegedly, Nehemiah marks the end of the historical narrative. So we are now officially getting to the. Last part, when the Bible was, like, snipped off and, like, this is the last bit. And there's obviously right. a lot more Bible 
in the Old Testament, but this is like the last this is sort of like the end of the story before it moves on to like back shit, you know. Yeah. Spin-ups, um, I it's, guess. <laughs> it's kinda like uh Chronicles of Narnia did that. It was all over the place chronologically. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. I actually can't think of another story that did that where like it ends and then there's just a bunch of other sequels that happen in the past of that ending, you know? Uh, I mean, like, the Dark Tower series has prequels in the middle, which is kind of a weird flashback type thing, but not sequels in the middle. That's different. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Because uh, Dark Tower almost, the, like, Stephen King's universe almost yeah. could be it. Um, if, you, if you, like, took all of Stephen King's novels, this is bad as fuck. But if you took all yeah. of Stephen King's novels and then put the Dark Tower series right in the front and then had, like, it. And then, um, you know, uh, God, Hearts of Atlantis or whatever. Hearts of Atlantis. Hearts. And all those other fucker ones that are still technically in the same universe. Yeah. Salem's but, Lot, I think. But, like, you're like, oh, well, obviously that happened prior to the Great Change or whatever. At the end, yeah. The, yeah. Whatever. The time skip, whatever. But I, I don't know. That, it, that one barely relates, and I can't think of anything that gets closer. It, yeah, so hopefully now everyone's more confused than they were before. <laughs> well, I, I guess my point is, like, we're about to get to the end of chronologically. It, it sounds yeah. like what the Bible's doing is it's going to, that the, that we are ending the part where it's like, hey, here's God made man, here's all the people, I create a family full of Jews, I sent them to Egypt, I ignored them till they got the shit kicked out of them, and then now we finish their story before I we got go this. back. I got this, I I'll tell you what this is. Give it to me. The Old Testament at this point is me finishing too early. But then it's like, oh, shit, I'm only halfway through the number of pages I need. So you got to go back and, like, play with her a little bit to help her get the rest <laughs> of the way there. Okay. All right. You're like, yeah. I already came, and now I have to kind of – I'm not interested anymore, obviously. No, but I, I want to – I, I feel do my, disgusting. Yeah, I got to do my duty now, you know. <laughs> yeah, so that's Nehemiah. <laughs> good book Nailed it. we're gonna come uh, that's that's when you hand off yeah <laughs> so, so a couple things about nehemiah uh like i said it's uh the end but it's it's written he came into town just a little after ezra about 10 years or so the uh historians speculate um so that's all it's all happening just after ezra he's not uh the same as ezra he's not like a cool priest or whatever scribe he's just the guy which i think kind of makes it cool but we'll get into that as we go it's kind of interesting because there's always been two facets of leadership in israel right there was the leader of the people like moses and the leader of the church like aaron yeah and that kind of was the people david was the king of the people but there was still the head of the church and we kind of start with ezra sort of the head of the church and now we come up to Nehemiah, who becomes the governor of Israel, or Judah, or Jerusalem, I guess, the Jews. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind he's of an inspirer. To... He gets people to do shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he, he's he's the dude. He's the governor. He's in charge. He's the leader yeah. of the people. He's sort of the replacement for the king. Yeah. And it's interesting now that you say that, because, yeah, Ezra was doing all these religious things he set in place. Let's get rid of these women and children. Whereas Nehemiah is actually doing the physical, earthly shit that... Seems more important than needs to get taken care of. But again, I don't want to get too far ahead of us yeah. ourselves. So I, I guess the the claim is is that Nehemiah and Ezra So first of all, these books were kind of considered one. They sort of linked to each other. They're both in the first person narrative for a lot of it. 
Mm-hmm. They take place almost right on top of each other, and they're more closer to like an actual written historical narrative as opposed to like allegory. So, I mean, whereas the very like Genesis is like, yeah, I don't believe that shit. That's all bullshit. That's all fake. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's all allegory or analogy. You're not meant to take it literally. And then the book kind of starts getting more and more and more, I guess, grounded. History in book. Yeah. yeah. And now, by now, it's like these are actual letters that were written and yeah, quote unquote it's historical like, texts. Yeah, the Bible got on some SSRIs. It's doing better. So, <laughs> uh, let's one other big difference. Ezra starts out not in first person. It starts out just sort of as a uh, narrator and then turns into Ezra's voice. Nehemiah, boom, first sentence basically. It's his first person voice. So this whole book is written from his perspective, which makes it a little easier to follow. I think like a diary. Yeah. Uh, so with no further ado, I've already said that this episode, yeah, but uh, a bunch of times you love to I'm going to stop. It's I have these cry cliche crutches. I use them so much, yeah. but anyways, chapter one of Nehemiah, let's fucking go. So uh, it's the 20th year. I don't know what that means. Do you know what that means? I'm trying to find <laughs> out. Uh, I get all right. So let's just read the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. It came to pass in the month of Chislev, not a real month, fake name. Uh, that's a that's like late November, mid December. Yeah, in the twentieth year, as <laughs> I right was now. in Shushan the Citadel. I don't know if he means the twentieth year that he was in Shushan, or or what. Yeah, it doesn't really make much sense. It might be the twentieth year since the Jews returned. I could see that possibly. I, I guess. I mean, the point is, he's like. Let's get a little bit looser with the narrative here. So Nehemiah starts off with like, hey, by the way, I'm Nehemiah. I'm the son of this dude here. And while I was just doing my fucking duties, a survivor of the Israelite people comes to me from Jerusalem. So this is written after Ezra. Jerusalem is like finished their permitting Gone. issues. They're, they're, oh, sure. the, the, the exiles are now back in Jerusalem. And he's kind of asking him, hey, I heard the Jews went back to Israel. How are things going there? You know. Yeah. What, what's life like? he's part like? of the diaspora. He's yeah. one of the Jews that's just been flung out into the world. Uh, and in fact, where it says where he is, a place called Susa, is like I, the Iran-Iraq border today. So over that way. Well, yeah, because it's about to say that I, I, I think we'll, we'll get to it in chapter two. But we actually know exactly where he's at, and yeah. he's an interesting character. But the point I mean, is, that's it, where he's at. It says it right here. I was in in verse one. I was in the citadel of Susa. Yeah, yeah, it's in Iran. Yeah, yeah, but like more importantly, why he's there and what he does. Oh yeah, uh, sure, but, sure, sure. The, the we'll point is, he's out. He's out. He's out and about, and he happens to meet another Jew who knows what is going on in Jerusalem, and he's like, yeah. "Hey, you know what's going on with our home? Like, obviously, we were all pulled away from our home, our, our sacred land." given to us by God. Uh, you know, obviously the king of the Achaemenid Permanent Empire, Achaemenid Persian Empire, has like said, hey, rebuild Jerusalem. How's that going? How is Jerusalem going on post-captivity? Yeah, and I'm guessing this guy basically had only been there for Ezra's big speech because what he says to Nehemiah is he says, yeah, uh, so those that did survive the exile, they're back, but they're in great trouble. They're disgraced. The wall is down. They're just fuck-ups, basically. So... He knows enough, but he, I guess he doesn't know that Ezra is, like, setting them on the right path. I, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, who knows how far away it is and, and Ezra's right. I, I think – so the, the things he says is, hey, the wall is fucked up. The gates are burned down. Everyone's in terrible and fear, and they're all worried something bad's going to happen. Um, 
Ezra was more concerned with the people internal relationship with God, you know, that kind of thing. And yeah. the rebuilding of the temple, which is distinct from what this guy's talking about, you know, which almost might even mention like Ezra's like, we got to get the temple built and we got to get rid of all our pagan wives and we got to get good with God. But to actual Jews yeah, dealing with problems like we really do need a gate and we kind of need a wall. I need, yeah, I need food in my mouth. The temple is just another place where I have to give up my food. You know, like <laughs> well, I don't want to fucking build that place. You know, it, it, it'd be some kind of like Ezra's kind of coming off like some kind of Kenneth Copeland guy. He's like, yeah, I know you guys lost your job, but you gotta keep the tides coming. <laughs> Otherwise, I might I have need to... my jumbo shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, guys. What would happen if I was forced to use public transportation? You know, actually use a commercial airline? And there's like people like starving, and be like, but the, but. The, Walls are coming down. I don't have money for insulin. He's like, ah, that's not my fucking problem. Yeah, and it's not. He's right. So, uh, yeah, Nehemiah hears all this that that basically uh, Jerusalem is fucked. All the Jews are in a, a rough spot, and he immediately starts weeping and uh, spends days mourning and fasting and basically praying to God, doing the fuck. We've read this prayer ten times if, if we haven't read it. Thousand. I mean, it's 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 a recurring theme. Basically, yeah. he 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 makes a big ass. I mean, the whole rest of the fucking chapter is a big old prayer to God, being like, "Hey, as you recall, I mean, first of all, and we've talked about this. It's kind of a weird. It's weird to think of a prayer as anything other than a fucking nut job saying encouraging words to themselves. You know, I mean, no, it's not. It's I, I think so. I mean, because well, he's like he's like, do. oh God, I know you're the kind of guy that remembers your promises and you take care of your people and certainly you wouldn't let anything bad happen it's like come on dude you know he is like well he did that's the funny part about that is that god (laughs) does let that happen well Um, it's kind of so basically he says you know hey you know you're the guy i guess there's a form is the point i was trying to bring to is that when it comes to these um prayers we've kind of seen the general formula as yeah. you mentioned, hey, you talk about your iniquities. Yes, I know I don't deserve your fucking grace, and and we have sinned and we're corrupt. But remember, you're you, like you tack them down. Hey, remember, God, you're the one that's supposed to follow your promises, and you said that if we were bad, you would cast us to the wind. But if you said yeah. if we came back to you, no matter how far we left Jerusalem, you would bring us all back. Yes. So basically, saying, all right, I know we fucked up, but. You know, time for us to get a uh, second chance. It's like um, that scene in John Wick 2 when he's like, hey, man, here's your fucking marker. And it's like, yeah, you know, God, just remember, God, you made a promise. It's time for you to pay your debt. You yeah. said that if we uh, became good boys, you would find a way to bring us all back. So fucking do it. Cor- correct. Um, and then after he gets done with that prayer, it, it he tells us one little tidbit of information that had been – it would have been much better to lead with this, but whatever. He says – I was cupbearer to the king. Okay. Wow. So he's kind of a big wig, right? Uh, I don't think he's a big wig, but he has. Compared to the rabble. I mean, that's like being the. the rabble, he's not a big wig. He doesn't make decisions. He, he chooses the king's wine. It just means Sorry. that he has. I know he doesn't make decisions. I'm just saying he is so far above the general population. He's yeah. a, he works in the palace. I, I guess I guess the way I would describe him is he's more like he has. I don't want to use the word privilege to describe him. He, he just happens to be in a busy. So he's to be in exile and to end up serving at the hand of the king, wearing nice clothes, probably getting to eat decent food, shit like that. Or even yeah. the Persians, the people from there, probably don't get. To. Wasn't it's kind of a- wasn't Joseph a cupbearer for that 
general. He was, that which was is a, it's basically it's shown as it's like interesting head that is, yeah, yeah. He was the head butler, kind of an executive assistant type thing. Not not the VP, but you know, still right. in a good spot. You I, got the ear of the king clearly. It's like being secretary to the king. You know, yeah. So you, yeah. you are doing things, but it's like you're there. So when the king is like taking off his socks and begging for a foot massage, and while you're down there giving it to him, you're like, you know, there is some poor kids that kind of need extra. He's like, you know, what? we can take care of those. You know, like you're able to talk directly to the head, sure. Even though it isn't from a position of servants, you so, get a little bit familiar with them, if you will. So, 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 chapter one is him being like, "Hi, I'm Nehemiah. I'm just a fucking guy, and I heard that Jerusalem's suffering, so I prayed to God. Also, I happen to have an extreme amount of privilege and proximity to the King of Kings." Artaxerxes. Yeah, the fucking king of kings. The most powerful man on the planet at this time, by far. Yeah. Almost certainly. So, chapter two, let's figure out what he does with this little position he's in. So, uh, oh, there we go. It's the 20th year of King Artaxerxes. That's what it's talking about. With the 20th year. Yeah, I guess. So, yeah. So, when okay. he said in so the, in the he's month been of, ruling. In the, yeah. What's interesting is that ties back to Ezra, who left uh persia i think in the seventh year so it's been about 13 years since ezra went back to israel uh the point is that uh he's bringing the wine bringing it to the king you know what a cupbearer does and the cup the king being i guess a decent fucking guy as it's going to be shown uh notices that nehemiah is kind of down now if i think that actually is assuming i'll of course this is all somewhat accurate that's a really admirable uh quality if you're a fucking ki- the greatest king on earth, and you like notice that your cupbearer looks sad, uh, it's, I guess, I mean, it. I mean, it, it is. If you were most if kings, wouldn't give a shit. If, if you were like an ultra rich guy who had a bunch of servants and slaves, and and let, let let's say you're like the head of I don't know Apple, and you've got your you've got an army of slaves in China who can't even commit suicide because you've put up the death to stop them. But you also notice when the guy who folds your shirts every day and brings you your sandwiches is a little bit sad. I don't know. This yeah, guy, I guess it's good. No, this guy is a lot better than Jeff Bezos. Like, <laughs> well, Jeff Bezos or, or Tim, Tim Apple. Tim Apple. Whoever. Tim Apple. Yes, yeah. Tim Apple. My point name. is that, okay, this is from, you're talking about an archaic, brutal point in history. We're talking 2,500 years ago, right? Most kings, in fact, his predecessors, other king, Babylonian kings and shit, did awful things to people, flaying their skin off. Uh, it, you know, you you look at them funny. You're fucking up against the wall, no question. And they had that kind of they had authority that fucking Tim Apple would love to get his grubby little fingers around. He would love to kill us. He would love sure, it. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, so I'm just saying that, that the Persian kings, at least some of them, were famously very. Uh, altruistic, basically. And I think this is a good example of it. It's that cool. here he is, like a lowly fucking cupbearer, just looks sad. He's not bleeding, right? He's not crying out loud. He's not tearing his clothes. He just looks sad. And the fucking king of kings is like, hey, buddy, you all I right? Mean, I mean, devil's advocate. If you If you went to a McDonald's and you're like, hey, man, can I get a, if I, can I get a fucking, I don't know, whatever they have, a Whopper. Uh, and the guy, the guy goes, okay, and like with his head down, walks fries. You go, that's weird that that guy did that. You know, I, I don't know. It, it's I, I just. Are don't you gonna check weird. in on him? Huh? Are you gonna check in on him? No, but I mean, so he's a better fucking guy than you. <laughs> yeah, and, that's fine. And you can't kill him. <laughs> I mean, I 
I can't. He's just a Walmart. <laughs> well, you get in trouble. Dollar so the point is that the he's got to get off the shift. Whether whether or not the King of Kings is a good guy, he does see that Nehemiah is sad, and in fact, he's a very astute, observant guy. He says, "The look on your face uh, is sad, but you're not sick." This has to be a sadness of the heart. I mean, he's he's fucking putting this guy in his therapy chair. Yeah, but notice that Nehemiah goes, and I was dreadfully afraid. I mean, that's an abusive relationship. No, if, if you're if you're at home and and if 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 someone's wife told me like, oh yeah, so I was talking to Robert or whatever, and I was like, oh, and he was like, hey Buttercup, why are you so sad? And I was terrified that he'd no, that. come on, like, it's in the same way that. Uh, I would work for I would do things for admirals right, right. when I was in the Coast Guard, uh-huh. and they're not going to hurt me. And they're nice guys, most of them, right? Uh-huh. They obviously have to kind of be political and Probably friendly war to get criminals at heart. But yeah, yeah, the Coast Guard war criminals, correct? I know the they like is, to rape Inuits. Oh my God, they're getting. I'm getting to the point here. I would be around admirals, and I would be like scared, even though they're not going to fuck. They're going to be nice to me. They're not going to. But it's it's just being that close to power and having it directed at you. It's like being in a spotlight. Makes sense. Don't be obtuse. So, regardless, he, yeah, he's afraid because the king's talking to him. And, of course, he's like, oh, you know, puts bestows blessings on the king and says, um, hey, you know what? Uh, it's kind of hard to be happy when I know that all my ancestors were destroyed and that our city, our once great city, lays in ruins. Um, and, uh, you know, you can't. that's pretty forward, I think. Of yeah, Nehemiah. he's like, why are you so sad? He's like, oh, you know, I mean, you know, blessed be you and shit, but my city's all destroyed and my tombs are smashed and my gate is burned. And it's just, I don't know, man. It's just kind of fucky. And the king, once again, being a fucking decent guy, doesn't say, okay. He says, what is it you want? What can I do for you, man? What or what do you, what would rectify the situation, basically? And uh, it says, Nehemiah throws up a quick prayer to God, right? Before he even answers the king (laughs) in his head, you know, a little Hail Mary, no atheists in foxholes type situation. And he says, you know, if it pleases the king, and if you like me, if if I've been a good servant, could you please send me back to Judah to let me rebuild my city? Which is, wow, that's a pretty big fucking ask, I think. Yeah, it is a big ask, and it's kind of interesting. So Artaxerxes, this guy, is the same Artaxerxes that Ezra writes to to clear up the processing issue for building the temple. And who approved it, correct. So, I mean, he's already done some cool things thus far, as far as Jews are yeah, concerned. He rules with a pretty uh, lax hand, you could say. I guess. Not- I mean, I'll, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's the potential that Artaxerxes is just so much bigger than Babylon and Assyria. Like, the Achaemenid Persian Empire is just so much more powerful than either of those uh, nations were. That yeah. it's kind of like, yeah, I don't care. I, I don't think the he Jews have pose to be a, a legitimate threat to him. You know, Sure, that's fair. You know, so it he's like, a, yeah, yeah, build your yeah. temple, build your walls. I don't give a shit. If you fuck up, I will destroy. You. I fucking destroyed the guy that destroyed you the first time when you were at the height of your power. I'm not really worried about eighty dudes building a a, a temple. You know, or a yeah, wall that's or that's fair. So the king doesn't immediately approve it. Instead, he says, "Well, you know, okay, you want to go back to Judah, all the way over those mountains and desert, and how long is it going to take you? You know, he wants to know how long am I going to be out of my good." Good ass cupbearer, apparently. Yeah. Um, and uh, basically, because Nehemiah was getting this door open, he lays out a fucking plan. You know, you got to have a plan if you want people to say yes to your ideas. And uh, he says, also, you know, um, here's here's how long it would take me. And if you don't mind, sir, since I've got your attention, 
Uh, can I get some letters to show to all the like governors in the area so that they give me safe passage? Oh, and then also while we're at it, can I get another letter to give to the, we'll call him the secretary of the interior so that I can get like all the timber that I need to rebuild this shit. Uh, Again, Nehemiah going on a limb here. I guess he really is <laughs> it's definitely, upset. You know, it's like um, it's like some guys like, oh, I'm sad. It's like, why, why are you so sad, Buttercup? I just kind of, I feel like I'm going to miss my dad's birthday. He's like, what do you need? Okay, here's what I need. I need you to sign this mission slip that I got to go. <laughs> I, need I need a need first class ticket. <laughs> okay, I've already got the fucking Airbnb filled out. I just need your credit card number to sign. It's like, oh, all right. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, but yeah, he asked for all this shit. And the king not only does that, but also sends an army, a bunch of army officers in like a cavalry uh, regiment with him, which is pretty wild. It's kind of funny because like Artaxerxes is another and a long line. And I honestly struggle to find another king that doesn't fit this mold where it seems like every king but the Jew kings are pretty fucking cool. Yeah. And, and, and Well, Babylon, I don't know. But yeah. Well, Babylon tried to reason with them babylon was like hey we're going to take you and kept them under serfdom and it wasn't until the jews rebelled where they got the same treatment from babylon that they would get from artaxerxes if they pulled that shit again okay yeah that's fair you know um i still babylon was not known for being as i i I just err on the side of persia being a little they could have considered consider like the king of egypt and the joseph story Another one where the king's like, what do you want? He's like, yeah, man, I'm I, I'm just like a fucking guy, but can I be in charge of everything and then go get my entire family? And he's like, yeah, on top of that, I'm going to give you a whole section of Egypt you can just have. I, I just like I just like yeah. being cool with you guys. That's true. That's true. So, yeah, basically everyone but the Israelite king's yeah. rock. Uh, yeah, pretty much, because then we had the king of uh, Tyre, was it? Uh, yeah, he was a great lad. Yeah, it was a cool, so bunch nice. of cool dudes. Bunch of cool dudes. Yeah, hey, you want some cedar? Yeah, he was. Yes, what do you you want some you want some some workmen? I got you. I got you, fam. Like it just I, I don't know. It seems weird that I don't know. Maybe to this day, even where if you want to have decent folks, you kind of go outside the church. But these people yeah. that are like baked into the this whole idea of like uh, supremacy and and working on the will of God are actually kind of cunts, but and self centered. I've never seen any of these people talking about like the good of um, uh, mankind or worried about children or whatever. It just seems like they're just obsessed with fucking temples and taxes and money. Yeah, not great. But whatever. Uh, it, just, it seems like another weird story where like some secular king who doesn't give a shit about them is like, "What? You want that? Yeah. Oh man. yeah. He's, why? Why wouldn't I be point. a decent person? That's why everyone's trying to kill these guys. <laughs> I guess you know. <laughs> Uh, it just seems like Artaxerxes is like Artaxerxes doesn't really need a reason to be nice. He's like, yeah, I don't need some burning bush telling me that uh, I have to do this or I'll be force fed gold. I'll just well, I'll just be nice. I think being and there's uh, there's a lot of literature on this, I suppose, but I think the idea behind what Artaxerxes is doing is self serving in that letting people keep their religion, giving people like a certain amount of civil rights, does quell a certain amount of rebellion. You just yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure deep down, all of it's self-serving. There, there, there's a truth to that. I just think it's kind of ironic that his sort of live and let live and let's focus on taxes and stability is a better plan than kill everyone, kill everything, push all the women out, rape and murder, and secure our borders yeah. through sheer force, like uh, Israel seems to like to do. Yeah, that's fair. Kind of an interesting um, dichotomy there. But and uh, speaking of dichotomy. There's another little side note here that uh, 
Sanbalat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the Ammonite official. So, like, I guess some sort of, like, ambassadors in uh, Persia. They hear about this, and they're actually pissed. Because they're, like, former neighbors-ish with the Israelites. <laughs> and, and former they'll, rivals. They'll, they'll come up later in, in Chapter 3 with, yes, uh, with they will. Uh, what's his name? Geshem the Arab, which we'll get to in a minute. But, uh, they're, yeah, they're, actually, they're, in uh, this chapter. But yeah. I, I think the, the context is that he's like, he's like, yeah, so I talked to Artaxerxes. He was, I, he was like, what do you need and how long are you going to be gone? Let's hammer out the details. They hammered out. He's like, I need letters of passage. I need a letter to the forest that surrounds Jerusalem that I can get approval to remove some trees to build the gates and rebuild the walls and stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. And two rival governors, two governors that have a similar level to them. They're just in charge of different areas, but they're in charge of the Ammonite and the Horodite area. Hear this Mm -hmm. and are like, hmm, I don't like that. I don't like the sound of that shit. Fucking hate these guys. Yeah, they see potential for like, I mean, you know, it's just like court. Like uh, royal court jostling for power. And yeah, I guess it's like the NSA like versus the CIA. You know, you both, yeah. you're both bad for America. Horrible. Um, and even worse for brown people. But the, so the now, fact that you're fighting uh, each other is weird. Great. So uh, he goes to Jerusalem uh, after staying at, with the king for three more days. So I guess preparing. Uh, sets no, out. He says, so I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. Oh, yeah. So it's right. an Sorry. undercover boss situation. So he. Yes, I forgot. So all this happens. He goes to Jerusalem and he's just hanging out for three days, checking it out, you know? Yeah. It's a good idea. It's smart. It, it's actually like, uh, um, it's like Roadhouse a little bit, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Where yeah, Dalton yeah. gets hired by the bar to like fix things up. And the first night he just goes there, he's like, let me have a coffee. And some guy's like, shut up, queer. And he's like, hmm. Okay. All right. <laughs> you know, like, taking notes. Taking notes. <laughs> taking notes. You know, like uh, so. So he spends three days there, checking the place out, checking out Jerusalem, hanging out, seeing the things, and then at night, in secret, he takes an animal, just one animal, and leaves his retinue and leaves his guards, and then takes a tour of the wall, just to kind of see what is actually happening. Yeah. Which is um, kind of. Smart, because I think if he had come to Jerusalem, like, hey, by the way, Artaxerxes sent me to see what's going on with the wall. Here's time for an audit. It's a surprise inspection. I'm the EPA. Let's see what you guys are doing. Yeah, and, and he heard this, like, through a rumor, kind of. So he wants to also see for himself whether or not that guy was right, I think. Right. Um. So he's going around. He's checking out the walls. Yeah, sure enough, the Jackal Well, the Dung Gate, all the famous places. You know uh, The Refuse around, Gate. Around yeah. They're still there. They're the still there. You can gate, see them. yeah. Yeah, Dungate exists. Um, yeah, he goes. He's just seeing that uh, you know there's a bunch of tight spaces. He's checking it out. He's surveying it. It doesn't look good. Um, so he sees. Basically, he comes to. Um, Was there ever a um, like a. I, I don't know if Gordon Ramsay ever did it, but it also makes me think of like Kitchen Nightmares. There, there was definitely a show where he was like, "Hey, chef, help me fix up my kitchen," and the guy would show up earlier, like in a disguise, and be like, "Let me get the lasagna," and then he would just kind of like, "This lasagna fucking sucks. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna come back tomorrow and show them how to yeah. make lasagna." You know, it's gonna have to do that. That's just kind of what it, it, it seems like oddly sneaky, but it's fine. Yeah, because he's not—he's well intentioned. You know, it's not like he's gonna scream at him. Because uh, he get, basically get, goes to the people and he says, all right, look, you, you see the problem here? Jerusalem's in ruin. All the gates have burnt, been burned down. Uh, we got to we gotta let's rebuild the walls. Let's uh, let's like get out of the fucking slot. But, you know, let's pick ourselves back up. Stop, uh, you know, drinking hobo vodka under the bridge and make a city. <laughs> right. 
that was directed at myself. Okay, um, yeah, I got it. <laughs> it's a weird inside joke. But why? It's well, because I, okay. I don't know how many people know you just drink under a bridge trying to look for like, <laughs> like a troll. I know, um, I know about your tranny handies that you like to call. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, you can't say that anymore. <laughs> um, that's not the. That's a slur, buddy. Okay, regardless of moving on. Uh, I know someone who like, supports yeah. them financially. Oh my god, that's a weird inside joke too. We don't <laughs> talk about that on the show. Okay, regardless, the point is that everyone agrees, right? They're like, "Yeah, let's do the work," and then they do the work. But those same two guys from earlier, uh, Sanbala, Sanbalat, and Tobiah, as along with a new guy, Geshem the Arab, which hey, that it sounds like a slur when they say it here. Uh, anyways, I'm sure they were. The three- I'm sure they pronounced it Geshem the Arab. For this one yeah, instance. Yeah. Yeah. With their dip spit in their mouth. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they basically are just mocking him. They're ridiculing. They're like, oh, what are you going to do? Are you going to rebel against the king? Is that your plan here? I, it'd be like it'd be like if you're like finally going to fix up your car. You know, your car's just been sitting there on blocks for years and years. You heard about it. You're like, my favorite car, my fucking 1960s Mustang. I'm going to go fix that bad boy up. And, like, you're yeah. rolling the tires into the yard. You're jacking it up. You've got a couple of brake pads still in the patio. And your neighbors are just on the fence like, what are you going to do with that? I think you're going to fucking race in Daytona. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> no, but I'd like to get the mail with it. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to. I can go to the grocery store. Jesus. Yeah, uh, he replies to their bullying. By saying, and this is like a little over the top, he needs to probably take a fucking chill pill, but he says, the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it, which <laughs> someone should show that to the Palestinians because they <laughs> not be happy I just, I just this. like it. Like, I, I imagine like it's like Jerusalem just feels like the trailer park house. Like it's just a fucking uh, single wide trailer on blocks and a weed-widden yard and, like, a car on blocks, you know, and just a fucking Ford engine in the yard. And there's, like, the neighbors next door who have actual homes and cities and stuff, and they're like, what are you going to do with that? He's like, don't worry. Don't don't look at my stuff. You can't have any of it. They're like, oh, no, I definitely wanted your three dip cans and your I mean, they do, I think. I mean, Jerusalem is a great city. It's This isn't a – this is a fixer-upper mansion, you know? I mean, it's all there. Yeah, it was one probably yeah. the actual natural resources of Jerusalem. This is and this is more like that uh, Tom Hanks movie, The, the Burbs or whatever. Or no, you're thinking of Money Pit. But <laughs> whatever, I don't care. Money Pit. Yeah. So the point is, they uh, he is basically saying that this is our fucking land. Things are not are going back to how they used to be. We're not doing this fucking exile ass. Into mixed people bullshit. It's very. I feel like this is in a, accordance with what Ezra has been up to. You know, uh, it's I, our I, I land. think something we're supposed to get as well is that it's the Amorites, the Horonites, and the Ar- Ar- Arabians. Um, yeah. So what they mean is that the governors of all the surrounding lands of Jerusalem are mocking yeah. them and trying to start some shit. Um, one of the other sort of contexts is, is, and I don't know if we really covered it, but part of the declaration from Artaxerxes was like, he's like, hey, man, I just want to help fix the wall and stuff. 
But sort of inherent in that is a promotion to the governor of this land. You know, the whole idea of getting this done. It's like when you go to your boss, you're like, I just really wish there was someone who could, like, lead a team to get this one specific project done. And you're like a lowly intern. And if you understand that by sort of asking for the responsibility, inherently, you're also kind of angling for a promotion. A better job. Yeah, yeah like, sense. So if only there was someone to lead the team and kind of bring these guys together. And you're like, all right, you're the guy. You're like, well, that means I mean, I'm not an intern anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, and you know, it, I would imagine Artaxerxes saw the potential for, like, tax dollars in this, too. You know, yeah, another sure. thriving city. Let's do it. You um, so that's chapter two. But the point is, uh, these are also his contemporaries. These are the rival governors. And now Nehemiah is kind of a governor as well. Well, you know, that's why I'm saying Artaxerxes would think that these other guys right. do yeah. not see any interest in a competing city-state or whatever this would be. Um, so, chapter three is really fucking boring. You know, the Bible just can't go more than a few chapters of, like, good storytelling without dipping into a fucking laundry list of people's names that we don't care about. And, and yeah, we'll probably get this episode short because we're not going to read this shit. It, no. It's just, it, so chapter three, rebuilding the wall, is just a list of specific, Families and certain Jews and the Nethanim who we've mentioned were kind of like a servant class. Yeah. And just talking about – so everyone's coming together to build the wall and rebuild the gates. And chapter three is just sort of identifying, oh, yeah, these guys built this section of the wall. These dudes built this gate. There's a couple it, of – It's odd- like the bricks. It's like the bricks at the new city building or the university where they yeah. you, you buy the bricks with your names on them. These yeah. guys probably just gave money. They probably didn't do shit. Yeah. Well, uh, you'll, you'll note there's a couple of odd jabs, uh, three, five. Next to them, the Tekoites made repairs, but their nobles did not put their shoulders to the work of the Lord. And it's like, <laughs> so it's like these guys built the gate and then the Tokites built this section, but they didn't do a very good job. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's like, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's also naming and shaming kind of in a way. Um, but it's cool because a lot of the names uh, tie into the names from Ezra, like from the uh, the beginning of Ezra, where it was listing all the exiles that got out of Persia. So it's like, okay, yeah, those these people are still here. They're taking part of the building. Um, and yeah, we're not going to read that because you get it. Yeah. There's gates. There's who built the gap, jackal gate, who built the fish gate, who the, built the dung gate, et cetera, these and sub, so forth. These, these subcontractors who helped build the wall. Yeah. And the only kind of cool thing about it is a lot of that's still standing. I mean, obviously rebuilt a couple times, but you can go look at, like, you can actually go look at these gates that it's talking about online if you Google them. So, I don't know if you're into that shit. What are the purpose of gates? Is it just monitoring traffic in and out of the city and keeping Yeah, defensible points. Yeah, Yeah, you can put a a fucking gate up. You can lock it. Because, I mean, that's why they want all that wood. I believe the gates were also marketplaces right like because that's where yeah the there traders would, pe- would come he- in and out of the city yeah and it lets the lepers know where they're not allowed to go one of those fuckos <laughs> coming in that's important um yeah gates were a big deal back then for sure so very cool that's the end of chapter three if you want to read that you can read it your own fucking self we're not doing it and, and don't. That's why we're here. We're here to also yeah. – we read the Bible so you don't have to, and sometimes we also don't read the Bible so you don't have to. So that neither of us have to, you yeah. or us. <laughs> That's a real savings. Yeah. So that is the first look at Nehemiah. Uh, there's about, I think, what, 13 chapters in here? So we'll probably have a few episodes in this book. It should be a good wild run Maybe into – uh, Yeah, total. Again, kind of into the epilogue of the Israelite situa- situation. Um the, the last days, at least as far as they were recorded. 
uh, until the New Testament. Right. So I, I think it's kind of interesting because like Ezra is like – it is kind of interesting that when the Jews were held by in captivity by a king in Egypt – God was like, I'm showing up, I'm going to kick everyone's ass, I'm going to do a fuck ton of miracles, too many miracles, some would say, and just free my people. And now God's just completely unpresent, and it's just basically at the mercy of the Persians. And okay, the well, will of two things. Guy. I mean, I know they're saying God is forcing Artaxerxes' hand, but still, it just seems like kind of pathetic. Two th- Here's why, I think. In the Egyptian case... Israelites hadn't done anything wrong. They went there. They basically saved Egypt, mm-hmm. right? And then, well, you know, 400. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but still them. 400 years later, they're somehow all the slaves. So the Egyptians were being fuckheads. Versus Persia, where they were exiled by Babylon. Babylon got stomped. And then the Persians were like, yeah, you can fucking live here and be my cupbearer and whatever. You know, I don't give a shit. Mm. So it wasn't it wasn't like such a racial oppression, I think, as it was in Egypt, where Jews were like a lower class, you know, kind of. They were uh, all I guess. I mean, they definitely were slaves in Babylon. But um, yeah. I, I, I just think it's kind of interesting that uh, there is that distinct break. And I don't know. Obviously, there's a lot more Bible to get through. I don't know if this is going to hold true, but it certainly seems like. Pre-Babylon, God was sort of starting to distance himself from the Jews. He's like, yikes, you know. It's like that dog you love, and then it just start you start knowing it's like getting aggressive, starting to bite yeah. kids. You're like, ah, I'm getting ready to Can't do this. You know, if it does that two more times, I'm putting it in a, in a, in a home. Um, but and then now in the post-Babylon area, it seems like he's completely um, separated, like just completely. Yeah decoupled from the jewish people and they're kind of like having to make do via like diplomacy and letters and you know shit like that yeah well if you think that he's leaving them be to the you know evil forces of the earth right and this part of the story just wait until you read about 20th century (laughs) (laughs) it just seems it just seems kind of like i don't know it's weird that god claims to have these stories where he can create fire tornadoes and part seas and give a shit. And now he's like, yeah, man, I guess build the wall. I don't know. You, you Jews are just such a disappointment. I've already clocked out. You know, he, yeah. Yeah. Eh. That's fair. I mean, a yeah, lot I mean, Bible, I don't was know if a, he changes uh, uh, his mind, but that's another thing is that Egypt was a salvation for them. Whereas Babylon was a punishment for them. So that's another kind of a big difference. Mm. Um, well, I, I mean, also on top of like, the battles of Joshua and fighting yeah, yeah, yeah. Knights and that stuff was fun. You know, turn <sighs> making it look like there was a fuck ton of blood so he could trick a bunch of that was funny and stuff. Yeah, all that funny shit. But it, you know, it just it seems kind of funny that kind of in that last chapter there wasn't a single in Ezra there wasn't really a single mention of God talking or doing anything. No, it was all there wasn't. Check your receipts. Uh, all, shit. Yeah, people shit. I mean, we're down to the part of history that's observable by way too many people for them to still be pulling fucking stunts about how they walked around the city and it fell down, you know, because there was no one else to record that that didn't fucking happen. So, you know, whereas now the Persians have a bet just as good of a record. I wonder wonder kind of like what actually happened, like when they sacked Jericho, if it was like, it was like, well, we snuck in the middle of the night and we smashed some pots and then we raped and killed everybody. And they're like, and then like 20 years later, like what happened? They're like, um, 
we blew some trumpets. And, uh, <laughs> and all it all just, came tumbling down. It just down. worked out, you know? Yeah, hey, it could happen. We didn't just run up siege engines and burn down homes with children inside. That's not that's not what we did. It was a, it was a, it was we did it with song. It's not like we'd been wandering around in the desert for forty years, just becoming fucking animals. <laughs> <laughs> because God hates us, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, bread for the yeah. fucking Due to some arbitrary time, uh, we could talk about this all day. <laughs> you know, there's so many, yeah, there's so yeah. much stupid shit. But here we go. One day we'll have a big ass talk. At the end of the Old Testament. Just been uh, two hours. Just rat, just shagging on it. I, I want to have yeah. like one seven hour, seven eight hour stream of us just talking about. Remember that shit? Remember that shit? That made yeah. no sense. That was awful. Yeah, start bookmarking. People I believe this shit? That. People cut their kids' <laughs> dicks because of this? My God. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. It's so, a so short app, but whatever. Uh, what's our... Yeah, that's fine. But we're if in Nehemiah almost... I'm hoping we get to something fun soon. I don't know. The stuff doesn't... I think we will. He has a cool name. We'll find out next week when we pick up Chapter 4. For now, if you don't already, follow us on Twitter at BiblePimps. You can send us an email, a revelations podcast at gmail.com. What are you going to do if uh, if Trump does uh, get to keep the, his presidency? What am I going to do if he keeps the presidency? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> let's. I guess we can talk about that. Like, I, I, certainly there is a lot of talk of civil war and like QAnon is like, wake up people. At any moment, he's going to call us to arms and it's time to shatter the DOJ. I, I, I I'm... I don't know how it's even possible because the, the rats are already escaping the sinking ship. Uh, Barr just announced that he's not going to announce a um, special counsel to investigate Hunter Biden. And like everyone's like, but we already know he's a criminal. Start the investigation. Blah, blah, blah. You know, like, it, you know, it, it seems like – and this is one of the things I thought was interesting and why I never really thought that a coup from Trump was possible is that his entire presidency has just been filled – with people who turn on him the second they can. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, There's a wake of people that are just pissed off. Yeah. It, it really just never seemed like he had any legitimate loyalty or following. It wasn't like the military had his backing across the board. A couple of idiot crayon-eating grunts, yes. But it, it seemed like when a bunch of generals are, like, actively refusing his orders and, like, hey, guys, have you thought about bombing this church? And they're like, no, we're not We're not going to do that. Um it's pretty telling that I just don't think he's got the competency. It's kind of funny. I was watching a, a breakdown of the movie Downfall the other day, and, and I know people like to compare Trump to Hitler. The difference is, is like even to the last minute, like Hitler's goons were like, we'll follow you to hell, man. You got this. Whereas like even the top, top tiers, even Bill Barr, who was like, you know, just put there by Trump is like, nah, man, I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> like I'm not. I just asked because I thought you were going to say something cool like join the Space Force or something. Oh, no. I mean, <laughs> I'm definitely not going to join the Space Force. Uh, I'll, I'll probably um, – well, okay, so let's assume there is a civil war. My point yeah. is like I don't think anything's going to happen. But if there was, somehow, somehow it just happens. Somehow yeah. it just happens and we have to now figure out our roles in the new society and the civil war that happens. I would hope – I would hope that I get some kind of Paul Revere role where I get to get all the fame and glory, but don't actually do anything. Like I'm just like, hey, guys, oh, okay. wake up. And they're like, he saved America. <laughs> when like all you really did was run a rib shack for protesters or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? <laughs> like, uh, like, like there, there's just a bunch of people like, I'm going to shoot him from a watchtower. I'm like, that's a good idea. I'm just going <laughs> to 
make shawarma. <laughs> <laughs> it's an easy job. Uh, good if you can get it. <laughs>